Oh, the power of God. Oh, the power of God. The power of God. The power of God. Let me, the power of God. The power of God. The power of God. I was getting ready for today's, I was at home getting ready this morning, ready to drive down to church. And I used to heard the Holy Spirit just trigger my heart and say, hey, Samuel, make room. And God just told me, I want to remind you of, the, of things that I have done even in your life, supernaturally, I'm not done showing my glory. I'm not done showing off my glory. I'm not done showing up and interrupting lives. And, and, and in, I'm, God's about to interrupt the disruption. You, you'll get that by tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. God's about to interrupt the disruption. Whatever the enemy has done to disrupt your path on God's per God, God's about to interrupt the enemy's disruption. And show up in such a way in your life. I, I need to break this down for you. We have been covering now for, for many, many weeks this series, What Heaven Starts, Hell Cannot Stop. Everyone repeat after me. What heaven starts, hell cannot stop. That's our series. I mean, we kicked that off and we've been covering it since October all the way down. Three months now, close to the ecosystem of change. Show up, speak up, stand up. Today's title is Fire Precedes Favor. Fire precedes favor. I need you to look at someone next to you. Why do we do this in this church? Because we've been so separated in the past two years that it's, looked at, it's great to look at someone. <laughs> so look at your neighbor, and you may not even know him, but who cares? Look at your neighbor and tell him, fire precedes favor. And tell the other neighbor, the one that is reluctantly not wanting to look at you, look at that neighbor. The one with the awkward glance, like, please don't look. Okay, you're looking. So <laughs> look at that neighbor and say, fire precedes favor. We're going to expedite the process, but we're going to make three declarations that are biblically substantiated, empowered by God's Holy Spirit today. You're going to put them down, write them down if you want to, but place them in your spirit. The first declaration from 1 Kings chapter 18, we're this is the moment where Elijah, the prophet, confronts the prophets of Baal. We're going to do it right now. This is the moment where this iconic prophet, this man of God, living in a crazy time, confronts the prophets of Baal. This is the moment. So before we get there, we're going to begin with one declaration. Repeat after me. The fire on my altar will never go out. You have no idea what you just said. That's a crazy declaration. You're going to get it in a second. 1 Kings chapter 18. This is a story. It's a Netflix series. Here it is. Verse 23. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish. Cut it in pieces. Lay it on the altar without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other one and lay it on the wood, but I will not set fire to it. Verse 24, 1 Kings 18. We're reading from the Old Testament with New Testament, you know, undergirding. Here we go. Verse 24. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood, that's the real God, the true God. And all the people agreed. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 38, God sends the fire. In 1 Kings 18, 45, God sends the rain. Fire always comes before the rain. I will repeat that for the hearing impaired. Fire comes before the rain. According to scripture, the rain represents the favor of God. The same God that sends the fire is the same God that will pour out the rain. But the fire must take place before the favor. 
Let me, let me make it legal. Our God is a God of favor. How many have been favored by God? Or let me ask you, how many have experienced, you've seen in your life, God's favor upon your life? Psalm chapter 5, verse 12 says, our God is the God of favor. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Our God favors. But our God is not just the God of favor. He is the God of fire. Hebrews 12, 29. Our God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. Let me repeat that. God is a consuming fire. God consumes and we produce. We cannot produce until God first consumes. So we have to understand the order from Genesis to Revelation. The fire of God goes before the favor of God. For everyone here who has the audacity to pray for God's favor, what you're actually saying, that's why you have to be mindful of what you're asking for. When you say, God, give me your favor, you are giving God permission to first take you through the fire. In order for you to end up with his favor. I'm here to tell you today there is no favor without the fire of God. The fire of God must go first. And you must go through the fire to get to the favor. Even in the world of grace. Oh man. The fire of God precedes the favor of God. The fire of God goes before the favor of God. You must go through the fire before you experience the favor. You must be consumed by the fire of God before you are filled with the favor of God. The fire on the altar must precede the favor upon your life. There must be a heart on fire before you see a life filled with favor. And the reason that makes, there's a reason that this makes people uncomfortable and the reason certain preachers do not want to touch the subject it's because they have a, a skewed understanding of the fire of God. You, I, growing up in church, unfortunately, I've heard so many preachers take the fire of God out of context. And when I heard the fire of God preached, it was judgmental fire. Oh, the fire of God, the fire of God's going just blah. It's just, it's like, it was like, it, it was like if God was in a temper tantrum and God wants to punish you with his fire, that it's not biblically substantiated. The fire of God does not kill you. The fire of God saves you. The fire of God does not bring you down. The fire of God lifts you up. Now, I don't know if anyone has ever experienced the fire of God. The fire of God sanctifies you. The fire of God purifies you. The fire of God removes the toxins from your life. The fire of God creates a firewall against every devil, every demon, every legion, every lie of the enemy, every principality and power of darkness. The fire of God. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who comes after me whose sandals I am not worthy of tying, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Right now I'm telling you, the fire of God is beautiful. Oh, it is uncomfortable. I know it, but it is beautiful. I'm, I'm, I am here to encourage you to say yes. Somebody say yes. 
I want you to welcome the fire of God. Be open to the fire of God. I dare you to pray for the fire of God. Prophesy the fire of God. Matter of fact, what California needs, we, we, we know what we have, but we need a church. We already have the LED screens. We have the Facebook account. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on television. We have musicians. We have a stage. We have lighting. We have seats. We have multiple campuses. We have the merch. But what we really need is the fire of the Holy Spirit. Show me a church on fire and I will show you a state transformed by the power of God. I said, show me a church on fire and I will show you a state filled with the righteousness of God. What America desperately needs, it's a church set ablaze with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. Oh, calm down, Samuel. Don't calm down, Samuel. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 says the following. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never, it must never, it must never, I'm going to repeat this verse again, Leviticus 6, 12. The fire on the altar must be kept burning, it must never, it must never, I feel the Lord as I tell you to get ready. I declare that the altar, and by the way, you're saying, but we're living in the new, we're in the new covenant, right? Yeah, but there's still altars. What do you mean? Where, where are they? Right here. Somebody touch your heart and say, this is my altar right here. This is my altar. Matter of fact, there are three altars you need to know about. The altar of your heart. The altar in your family. We need to go back to having family altars. You know what a family altar is? When you pray in your home. When you turn off Netflix and Amazon Prime and Disney and turn off Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Get the stuff off your hands. Put it down. Gather your family together and say, we are about to pray in the name of Jesus because this family has an altar and we believe that God still shows up. the altar of your heart, the altar in your family. And I know this is a little bit different for some of y'all. I still believe this place right here is not an auditorium. This is a lot more than a stage, man. I've seen too many people saved right here. I've seen too many people delivered right here. No joke, no hype. I have seen people come up here with cancer, diabetes, with, with diseases of every single magnitude, every single stage, and the power of God showing up and healing them right here. Because when God's people gather in his name, in his presence, all things are possible. I don't know if you got this right now. This is why this COVID pandemic has been so interesting. There is a spiritual undertow. There is an undergirding behind this. Yes, it's, it's a virus. It's real. It's actually a thing. But there are some spiritual ramifications to COVID. The enemy wanted to take advantage of this pandemic and shut the church down in perpetuity. The devil's objective was if I can silence the church, especially in states like California, if I can silence the church, I'm going to secure my win. What the devil still doesn't understand is that we are not a coffee shop. We are not a department store. We are not Disney. We are not Six Flags. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And the gates... And the gates of hell shall not 
will not, may not, cannot prevail against us. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? A church on... So let me do something. By faith in the name of Jesus, I prayerfully declare that in 2022, the fire of your altar will never go out. How many come in agreement with me? I dare you to say, the fire on my altar will never go out. Oh, I know we're streaming. So I want to tell our streaming audience around the world, we're about to see a bunch of Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-empowered, Light shining, devil rebuking, demon binding, sickness healing, atmosphere shifting, holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring, truth telling, compassionate, grace driven, troublemakers with their hearts on fire for God. If that's you, pray like, like, praise like it, worship like it is you, give like it is you, love like it is you. Number two, declaration. second declaration. Repeat after me. It's my turn, now. my turn now. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first. I love that. So 450 cuckoo for cocoa puff prophets. An additional 400 prophets of Asherah. Their, their, their praise and worship team. So close to 1,000 people in their ensemble, plus all the spectators in all of Israel. And the prophet says, it's just me against y'all. I'm going to let y'all go first. He says, you go first. You go first. I'm going to go last. John chapter 2 verse 9 should encourage all the people who did not go first. Somebody else went first in your family. Somebody else went first in your name. Somebody else went first and you were the last one to go. And you're thinking, I lost my chance. No, you haven't. You're thinking you missed your chance. You haven't missed. You think you missed your exit. No, you haven't. Pastor Sam, but the first chapter in my life was miserable. I was battered. I was abused. I was broken. That was your first chapter, but it's not your last. But you're saying, but what about the first? Who cares about the first? What about, I'm going to be the last one. Let me tell you what the Bible says about the last. John chapter 2 verse 9 says, get ready. God saves the best. Oh, you don't understand what that means. Your next chapter will be better than the first chapter. I'm preaching to somebody. Your tomorrow will be greater than your yesterday. Your miracles will be greater than your memories. God saves the best for last. So the enemy had the first shot in your life. But now you're about to stand up and go, are you done? It's my turn now. Not, I'm here to declare, not only does God have the last word, he is the last word. You missed it. Not only does God have the last word in your life, he is the last word. He is the alpha. I said he's the alpha. He is the author. How many here are glad? How many here are grateful that the last, God saves the best for last? And, and it's your turn now. It's your turn now. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. And I want you to know that, that, in, that in 2022, it's actually your turn and that God has seen everything you've been through. And, and even he's seen it all. And oh, he's going to make the enemy pay for everything he's done against your life. Oh, no, you missed it. And from Genesis to Revelation. The oldest book in the Bible is not Genesis, by the way. The oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. And if you're from Stockton, Job. But Job. So it, it, it's Job. And let me tell you something about Job. 
in, in that book, there is this restorative process where God even says, everything you've lost, everything that was taken, I'm going to multiply it in such a way that, that you're going to have so much more over here on this side because God is a restoring God and God is a renewing God. I'm going to say it one more time till you get it. God will make the enemy pay for everything the enemy's done against your life. How many believe that with me? And the final declaration for today, I told you it's a wham, bam, thank you, Sam. Your third declaration is this. Repeat after me. I'm getting my shout and dance back. I'm getting my shout and dance back. And no more religious mutilation. No more religious mutilation. You'll understand that in a second. Here it is. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. These are the, the, the false prophets. They called on the name of Baal. From morning until noontime. And they were shouting, Baal, answer us. They were shouters. But there was no reply of any kind, the Bible says. So then, when they shouted and nothing happened, they began to dance. Yeah. And they hobbled. I'm just using the word. They, they were hobbling, hobble wobble, around the altar they made. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them and said to them, y'all have to shout louder because he is a God. Maybe he's daydreaming or can you put that scripture up because it's the, the biggest trash talking scripture in the Old Testament. Verse 27, can you find that? This is crazy. Maybe he's daydreaming or he is relieving himself. This is the Bible. This is trash talking. The prophet looks at them dancing, screaming, and he goes, maybe your God is dreaming, or maybe he went to the toilet. <laughs> wow. Maybe he's on the way on a trip. He's asleep, and he needs to wake up. But the Bible says they shouted what? <laughs> and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords. Let me get a couple of dancers up here. I wanted to illustrate this, guys, for just, I just want to show, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I like people to see the context. Come here, gentlemen, please, all three of you. Um, here it is, let me show you. Here is Elijah, this really happened. And the other side, the false prophets, they were shouting, they were worshiping, they were dancing. So they were imitating what people do serving God. All the world does is imitate the structures. All the enemy does is imitate. I mean, he, he walks around like a lion, right? But he's not a lion. The real lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So he's an imitator, right? And he tries to do what we do. But they dance and they literally. So I just, Ricky, Ricky, I just want you to give me your best. By the way, can anybody here agree with me? I just noticed it today. I had a revelation. Doesn't Ricky look like the kid from Home Alone? To a great degree. Ricky, please, show me your best. If you were to show me your best dance. Just a dance off. Right here. Shopping cart. Shopping cart. That's the shopping cart? The sprinkler. The, sprinkler. The, running the running man, Ricky. There are so many jokes I want to make. <laughs> but I won't. But... Uh, 
You, you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me your basket. You've done. Come on. By the way, this is not scripted. I have no idea that we're going to do this. And I'm going to miss you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Pastor E. You go. Just show me. cannot unsee what I just saw. They did that. Not, they did that, but I don't think they did that. <laughs> no, no, but they actually took out their best dancers. They, I mean, they were, they were so determined, our God's going to answer, and they did all of that, and I'm going to tell you, stick around here, I'm going to tell you what, what it says. They, they danced just they went like this. And the Bible says this. This is the result. No sound, no reply, no response. Their God did nothing. The world shouts. The world dances. The world has services and spiritual experiences, supposedly. And yet nothing happens. But when God's people... No, no, you're going to get this in a second. When God's people, I said when God's people, they shouted and Bible says and nothing happened. But when God's people shout. I'm going to say it one more time till they hear it in Los Angeles and San Diego. When God's people shout, walls come down. I said when God's people shout, Joshua 6.20, walls come down. When God's people shout, our enemies defeat each other, Judges 7.20. When God's people shout, miracles take place. Ask the blind man Bartimaeus. The devil wants to take away our shout. Hell wants to take away our praise. But I believe in the name of Jesus. There's not a COVID, a pandemic, a political party, a law that can take away our ability to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Does anybody have a holy shout left in 2021? I said, does anyone here have a holy shout left? I dare you to look at your neighbor, tell them, I got at least one shout left. I got one shout for my family, one shout for my children, one shout for my faith. If you know that, you know that, you know that the enemy has attempted to silence your voice, raise your hand. If you know that you know that you know that when you, whew, when you activate your praise, your worship, not just verbally, but with your life, your testimony, your love, your integrity, if, if the enemy try to shut you up, raise both hands. 
if you are more committed than ever before, that, that 2022 will be your loudest year ever. If you're about to raise your volume where you're going to make the enemy's ear, his eardrums are about to pop out and bleed. Because you, there's a praise coming out of you and a worship expression and a faith determination that is going to be unbridled. And I'm here to tell you, the enemy tried to put you on mute, but your life's testimony is about to get louder than ever before. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it one more time. Give God your best 2021 shout in this place. Somebody shout like your family will be saved. Somebody shout like you're about to get your breakthrough. Shout like you're about to experience your healing. Shout like you're about to see every chain fall off. Shout like you know. Stand with me. You're, those that are not standing, stand with me. And I'm just reading the book. They shouted. They shouted. They shouted and nothing happened. And they danced. And they danced. Do Christians dance? Absolutely. When we dance, 2 Samuel 6, 14, we dance, again, our shout is biblically substantiated. It's not hype, it's not emotionalism. It isn't. Joshua 6, 20, Judges 7, 20, Mark 10, 52. Our dance is biblically substantiated. We dance because the glory of God is coming. The glory of God already came in a man named Jesus, and the glory of God is outpouring. Constantly, And David danced before the Lord because the glory was on the way. 2 Samuel 6, 14 and 15. We dance because we know the glory of God is coming. Psalm chapter 30, verse 11. You have turned my mourning into dancing. It's time for the church to get her shout back. It's time for the church to get her dance back. Man, I wish you would get this. When we gather and we praise, our praise expression... Especially look around you. The fact that we look like the kingdom of heaven. This is dangerous. What you're looking right here, this is the vaccine against the devil's strategy of division, discord, and bigotry. You want to defeat racism forevermore? It's not going to work through politicians. We need churches that look like heaven, and that's how you defeat racism. All racism. But do you know the prophetic power when we come together and we worship and we pray? Do you know what happens? Everything is possible. Transformation will take place. I want to conclude with a final point, which is a little bit on the edgy side as you stand with me. They shouted, nothing happened. They danced. Nothing happened. So they went to the final arrow in their quiver. They did this. Well, that's not working. The shout didn't work. The dancing didn't work. Ricky's dance would never work. Respectfully. No, no. And I respect that because we love you. Pastor Nathan said, you danced before the Lord and he looked away. <laughs> but I wouldn't go that far. No, that's just not graceful. This is what they did. And when we tried everything, all the hype, the yelling, the screaming, the dancing, trying to be like God's people, nothing happened. So they went, aha, 
they cut themselves. Some of them used knives. The Bible says that others were so desperate for their God to respond that some of them used swords. That's a big boo-boo. Religious mutilation. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, tell even my children to stop cutting themselves. Even in the church, there are people that are still trying to get themselves saved. You're trying to pay the price that Jesus already paid for you. There are a bunch of churches, I'm going to get in trouble now, but there are a bunch of churches that still teach religious mutilation. And you, you have to go through 50 steps. You got to go through 100 steps. You got to do this, 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 this. My God, Christianity is not about what I can't do. Christianity is about I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Are you with me right now? Stop cutting yourself. You don't need to bleed for your God. Your God already bled for you. You don't have to pour out your blood for him on 2,000 years ago on the cross. He bled for you. He shed his blood for you. So you wouldn't have to cut yourself. Pastor Sam, how do I cut myself? Tell me how. Every single time you focus on your past, the things you did, you're cutting yourself. Every single time you harbor on the thing, that offense, every time you get stuck in that offense, you cut yourself. Every time that you set up tent in the land of unforgiveness and bitterness, you cut yourself. And then the crazy stuff, the stuff you say, well, I, I wish I could go back and fix what I did or what was done to me. I wish I'm never going to get over this. I'm, you're cutting yourself. You need to live in the finished work of Christ. I said, I'm prophesying to you. You're about to live in the finished work of Christ. You are saved. He paid the price for your salvation. He already delivered you. You're going to live in his healing. You're going to live in his deliverance. You're going to live in his grace. Are you with me right now? Let me read it for you and I'm done. Hebrews 9, 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Stop cutting yourself. Stop trying to do what only God can do. Stop trying to save yourself. Spiritual and emotional mutilation. He shed his blood because only his blood is perfect. And you will live in the finished work of Christ. Stop judging yourself. Stop condemning yourself. If you receive this, raise your hand. We don't need to cut ourselves. He already paid the price. But our dance and our shout and our worship and when we call upon his name will provoke heaven to invade your earth. Just like it did for Elijah, that same formula works today. If you've got this, just raise both hands. It all begins with full understanding that the fire of God precedes the favor of God. Put your hands down for a second. Where's Andy? Where's Andy? Come up here, please. April, where are you? As you stand with me, watch this. I'm going to show you, this is not just a message. 
Let me show you someone who has been to the fire. April, come up here quickly. Introduce yourself, please, as an amazing audience. Hi, my name is Anna Randall. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Tell us about your fire journey real quick. And we have some notes. You DM'd us. So, April, you read the, the stuff in the narrative, and, and you have a better memory than yours truly. You went through a journey. Yes. With my third child, I fell when I was 27 weeks pregnant, and I broke my right foot, and I torn my ligaments, and I couldn't even, like, take pain medication. So, it was a long journey to recovery. After I had my baby, I had to go for surgery, and it was a long time. So, you fell. There was something else about uh, a, a, a presumed diagnosis with your daughter that was my second child okay that she could have down syndrome or any genetic disorder now watch this so this is you with with, with your family with your children with your daughters right mm -hmm. and and so there is this this supposed possible di this diagnosis right this declaration however you want to phrase it and then in the, with the other third child you have this journey of being bedridden you even talked about crawling Yes, so basically, I remember every single day taking care of two kids under six, and I would crawl my way to Jesus every day, every day. Like, to go for my days, I would have to go up on the second floor of my house, get clothes for my kids, and come down to get them ready, because I couldn't drive them to school, I have to have them ready, and... So this is Ann Randell, your husband's here today, I believe? Right there. That, that, that <laughs> handsome young man is your husband? Yes. So, uh, so this is a beautiful family, normal, beautiful family. Praise God, but you're going through your journey, right? Yes. So you're going through your fire. Yes. Then, I mean, from diagnosis to Down syndrome to your child this, your you being born, all this stuff. Yes. And the different stuff we read. Did I miss any of the big highlights there? <laughs> and all of a sudden, this is your fire. Again, you don't go through a fire for, for nothing. This is the whole thing. As a believer, you just can't say, oh, God, thank you for the fire, and I don't really care if I don't get anything at the end. That's not the way you should be talking. There should be an expectation that if you go through the fire, at the end of the day, God consumes so you produce. There has to be this, oh, man, if I'm going through this, I know I'm gonna, there's something bigger on the other side of this. So all of a sudden, you, you, you went to the fire, and then you end up in a Costco. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. You're in a Costco. Now, notice how the fire had to do with you and your children, right? Yes. Your children. So yes. your children are just the fire journey. You've been through, you have to hold on to faith. Amen. And God is consuming unbelief, skepticism. You probably doubted God going, where's God in all of this? Yes. All, these, all these things. And God's consuming all of that. I'm going to burn this yes. up. Yes. I'm trying, you know, you're going through this. You're going through, it's uncomfortable, but watch me, watch me. When they, and then all of a sudden, you're in Costco. And out of the blue. Out of the blue. This man approached me, and he's like, start talking to my daughter. And then I'm like, and he's like, your daughter is very talented. I, my oh, out of the blue in Costco? Out of the blue. See, I would expect that in Sam's Club. I know. No? Too much? I'm going to take yeah, it back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, too much? Is that too much? Take it back? I thought Sam. All right, whatever, whatever. Whatever. And then he's like, I think you should find our agents because she's just like my son. And, and he pulls Netflix and he shows Netflix. Netflix. 
And, and then, then what happens afterwards? I find I I uh -huh. sat on that and I prayed for a week uh -huh. and I said, well, if it's God's will, He's gonna make it away. So next week I contact them. They were like, the angels are coming in this coming Saturday. Come here. So I went there. Basically, on the audition, they he knew in front of my daughter. He spoke life into her, and my three kids got a contract. Oh. They got contracts. Yes. So they're appearing on a bunch of stuff. You appear in a commercial. And then I got a contract too. You got a contract. They got contracts. But so, but, but what you don't know is this beautiful family is no longer your normal, just introverted, quiet, beautiful family. <laughs> they are amazing influencers. Follow them on social media. They have oh. blown up. They've become, no, 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 but wait, wait, wait. They went through the fire, right? And then you got a friend who told you to come to this church or something? Yes. Yeah, so basically, um, my husband is a healthcare provider. It was really hard in the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I was alone with three kids. Um, I had a situation where I was, like, drowning, you know. And um, my friend from my church from Vallejo called me, Anita, Anita, you need to check this pastor. His message is amazing. So I was listening to your... That's my brother, Billy McGillicuddy. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I was listening to Pastor Sam. I'm like, I prayed for a message like this for a long time. I prayed for a church like this for a long time. I am going to go to this church, and I have been coming from the last so, two and, years. And now, and now you're a major influencer, and now God is continuing to was God to too. <laughs> Look what God is doing. You went to the fire. I just have one point to put. You were in Costco. I don't know what aisle you were in, but you were in Costco. Bad stuff. <laughs> you, were, you were in Costco. She didn't get to the agent, the guy. The guy got to her. The guy from Netflix found her. No, no, no. He, she didn't go like, sir, are you from Netflix? <laughs> no. I have a talented child. They were talking about dogs. <laughs> so the guy from Netflix, that, that does stuff with Netflix found her. I'm here to tell you, when you let God take you to the fire, you don't need to go after favor. No, you don't. Favor Come will find you. you. Amen. Anybody here ready to see favor find you? Amen. I dare you to lift up your hands and say fire in favor. Fire in favor. Say it like you believe it. Fire in favor. Fire in favor. Fire in favor. Fire in favor. Come on, say it like you believe it. Fire in fire favor. Fire in favor. Tell your neighbor fire Jesus in favor. Fire in favor. I speak the fire of God. I speak the favor fire of God upon you and your family and your loved ones. Fire and favor. Somebody give God one more shout of praise. Fire and favor. How many truly believe that God's favor is inevitable for those that go through the fire? How many are desperate for God's favor because you've been through the fire? How many have been through the fire that you're well done? All the well done people, raise your hands. You've been to the fire so much, you're super well done. Hey, look up here for a second. The favor of God is coming your way. It's not hype, it's not jokes, it's not humor, it's not patronizing you. Stop cutting yourself. Get away from religious mutilation. 
every single life live a life of redemptive worship an expression of unbridled praise worship where your life is a dance and a shout you know, I'm not talking about shouting every moment out of your vocal cords I'm talking about your life being a walking billboard for the grace and the power of Jesus I want you this is going to be weird I don't want you to ever be ignored I want Farrah to walk into Target. I'm sorry, that's Farrah. Neiman Marcus Nordstrom. And I don't want anyone to ever ignore you, even when you're saying nothing. And that's the power of God. Where you can't be ignored. Where God is shouting through you. The Spirit of God is shouting through you. Where people approach you out of the blue and go like, man, this is going to be weird. But you got something got something and that's the opening silo for you to say I do can I correct you it's not a thing it's a person I got someone I got the spirit of the living God inside of me and that's what you're sensing and feeling and even seeing it that's what I'm talking about the favor of God is coming your way pastor Sam went through the fire in 2020 he went through the fire in 2021. Even in my life, your pastor went through the fire. We've been through the fire, Pastor Abe and I. And I, I love the Pastor Sam that came out of the fire. I do. I look in the mirror and go like, I like you. I like the Pastor It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. It was like, oh, man, but why? Oh, but I'm a pastor. Are you kidding me? What? Me? Huh? And God says, do you trust me? Do you know, I'm going to, uh, this is, I'm sorry, we're, we're taking a little bit of time here. Do you know when the chains fell off, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The Bible says they walked in with chains, bound. Do you know where they melted? Sometimes God permits us to go to the fire in order for the things that hold us back to melt in his presence. Are you with me? Fire equals favor. Heavenly Father, we have a beautiful church here, people that have been through the fire. These are fire survivors. I don't know if anyone in this auditorium or anyone streaming right now who hasn't been through fire in the past two years. Our faith has been tested. Our families tested. Our health tested. Our finances. So many things tested. And yet here we are. Because sometimes you save us from the fire, but on many occasions you save us in the fire. But I am grateful for your righteous fire that consumes everything that is not of you. Lord, this church is kind of crazy. You already know that. I'm asking you to do something crazy here. Send your fire. Sanctify each and every one of us. Purify us. Remove the toxins. Remove the toxins in us and from around us. Sanctify your church. Purify your families and people so we may shine brightly with the fire of God forever burning upon our altars. That's my prayer today. Do it. And of course, after the fire comes your favor. And I declare favor is coming our way in Jesus' name. If you come in agreement with what your pastor just prayed, now give them the last praise offering of the evening here. Just...